check, check, mic check. Network production. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show, presented by Truck Hero and Pro Taper. On PulpMX.com, taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, presented by Truck Hero and Pro Taper. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Fun times. Glendale Supercross coming up this weekend. Round four. Monster Energy AMA Supercross Series. Should be exciting. We went there last year for the first time. Big stadium. Real big. Big floor out there in the suburbs of Phoenix. Way out there. And uh, looking forward to having a great race in both the 40 and 250 class. Although with Kenny Roxon's unfortunate crash, it does feel... Like we could be in for a lot of orange on the podium, and uh, and this thing could be a walk in the park. But we'll see. We'll see. I'll ask our guests today, Jason Thomas and Paul Parabinos. Uh, Parabinos from Pro Taper, Jason Thomas from Fly Racing, what they think. 702-586-PULP. We've got a few lines open. Call in to discuss some Supercross. Maybe win a set of uh, Fly Racing Gator Pegs. And uh, we appreciate that. Fly Racing making much more than gear, everybody. And uh, we'll probably give away something from Pro Taper later on, too, as well. 702-586-PULP. Give us a call. Let's chat some Supercross. Why won't you? Uh, Fly Racing, uh, they continue to develop and improve the light hydrogen racewear line. This is the stuff that the, the racers like to wear probably the most uh, just because it's, it's got uh, lightweight, most breathable racewear on the market. Each panel has been carefully analyzed to ensure that the rider has maximum flexibility, breathability, and support where needed. FlyRacing.com, it's a minimalist racewear designed for maximum stretch and maximum performance. Truck Hero, uh, a parent company of NFAB. They're a proud sponsor of the Auto Trader JGR Suzuki team. They're a supplier of premium vehicle accessories made in the USA to outfit light trucks and SUVs from bumper to bumper. Back Industries, Undercover, NFAB, Bedrug, Husky Liners, all of those companies are under the Truck Hero umbrella. So please, truck-hero.com, please check them out. And Pro Taper, what more can you say about Pro Taper? Bars, sprockets, change, foot pegs, brake pads, uh, micro bar, uh, waffle grip, twister throttle tube, just some of the stuff that Pro Taper has that continue to push the limits and reinvent the way we experience riding our bikes. Geico Honda, the Rockstar Husky team, JGR, all big Pro Taper teams. And again, this stuff is is fantastic product. It's been around since 1991. So we know it's good, and we know it's to be trusted. I'm Steve Mathis. With me, producing the show over there in the corner, rather smug look on his face. <laughs> the Tits Legendary. Smug look? You cheered when Roxon crashed. You clapped your hands. No. Yes, you did. I, I, have, I have witnesses. Mm-hmm. I was... Uh, I was not happy about it. You were I not really happy. Wasn't. I was okay. not happy about oh, okay. it. Okay, not happy. I did but the guy feel that can beat Ryan like maybe the smartest man in the room because I felt like literally just the week before I said, 
We're just this is the, I I never expected it to be that bad. You know, like right. his injury is that yeah. bad, but that's what I mean. Uh, a lot of people. So smart, now your smart man, people like myself. Now are, your man is going to walk to a to a fourth Supercross title. Maybe even jog. Not just walk, maybe uh, jog to, to I, a fourth I think he's going to walk title. to it. I don't think he needs any jogging at all. Well, I'm saying like it's just nobody in front of him. He can just go at his own pace. Yeah, it's called walking. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, fair point. I, I stand corrected. Jogging right. would be if someone's putting heat so, on someone's him. Someone's putting a little pressure. Yeah, Sprinting no, would be someone right, right on right. him. I stand corrected. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, bummer for the series. It really is. It's a bummer for the whole series, for the whole sport, that Kenny Rockson went down. The crash hurt all the way around the world. And, uh, dude, how bummed are you? Never mind if you're Kenny. How bummed are you if you are Honda? Big money deal. Got him over there. Brand new bike. Uh, he's going to break this streak of no Premier Class championships since 2004. Winning the first two rounds, of course, looking great. And that's what happens. It's injuries. It happens to anybody. It happens to a lot of people. Ryan Dungey broke his neck last year, so he knows what it's like. But... Man, there are some big, important people at Honda that are just probably on suicide watch right now. And, hey, look, it happens. But unfortunate for Honda, unfortunate for Kenny. Early on, we thought that um, uh, it could maybe perhaps play out that Kenny could come back for outdoors. If it was just like a break. But it seems like there's some dislocations involved, and that's going to take a while longer to, uh, to get ready. I would be surprised if we saw him before Anaheim won. 2018. I would really be surprised at that. Uh, Justin Hill won the 250 class. Great ride by him. Uh, he rode great last week in San Diego and, and then, or two weeks ago in San Diego last weekend. Finally did the deal. Kind of a boring 250 main event. He just pulled away slowly, slowly, and uh, looked awesome doing it. Plessinger second. McElrath, the winner of the first two rounds, third. Shane's going to be tough to beat. Still has a points lead. Shane's going to be tough to knock off the podium, I think. I think he's just going to be just there the whole time. Uh, 702-586-7857. Let's get to the first call here. Uh, Travis, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, pretty good. How are you? Good. Thanks for calling. Hey, i got a question. Now, this Studa Honda thing, is it gaining momentum? No. Or is no. It- no, not at all. It's not gaining any momentum. Nothing. Zero. Why would Honda hire Stu, Travis? Why? Absolutely. That's what I was thinking. I've, I've been seeing that all over the internet. You even mentioned it a couple times yourself. I was just throwing it out there. If it was gaining momentum, if it's going anywhere, I personally didn't see it. No. One-tenth happening. He, he's not in shape to ride. He could barely put together a main event last year. God bless Stu for all the highlights he's given us in his career. But why would Honda ever put him on the bike? He, Absolutely. I agree. So okay. that brings me to my next question. Okay. Who, who are they looking at? You know what? I don't think they're looking at anybody. Uh, I got a couple of texts out and calls out. I'm going to see what we can find out. But they don't have an, an energy drink sponsor. They don't need to have a certain amount of bikes on the track. And Absolutely. So, so it's an OEM. They don't need it. Yeah. Well, Probably you won't know, go with anybody. I would say if Sealy got hurt, maybe you look for uh, Fast Freddie Norn or somebody get a call up. Or I just who, who's going to run the pace that needs a ride? I mean, it's just you know not going to happen. I know people talked about Dean Wilson and all that, but. I just why would Honda do it? They don't need to do it, and, and nobody they can replace can run the you know get a podium right now. So why why do it right? Um, Absolutely. But yeah, just all your buddies that talk about James Stewart going to Honda, just just unfriend them, yeah. unfollow them, block them on all social medias. I totally agree with that. Now, is there any chance of Stu still coming back? Do you think? Yeah, what, yeah. What is- yes, I think he's going to come back. Uh, the team is snooping around Honda parts, so he's going to come back on a Honda. 
not a factory Honda, just a Honda, um, which would make sense because, I mean, he's kind of not been happy with the Yamaha, not been happy in the Suzuki, uh, can't go back to Kawasaki, of course. Um, so they're snooping around to get Honda parts. So I think he comes back and rides I, maybe Daytona. He loves Daytona. Um, okay, so is it, do you think uh, him and Mookie will be out of the same truck? Or? Yes, yep. Yeah, they'll be in the same truck. Absolutely. Yep. Okay, so, cool. All right, Alrighty, thanks, man. Thanks Thank lot. you. Appreciate it. ProTaper, ProTaper.com, official bars and sprockets of the uh, JGR Suzuki team and the Geico Honda team, among among others. And we welcome their brand manager to the show, former national winning mechanic, national title winning mechanic, uh, Paul Perbinos. What's up, Paul? Hey, Steve. How are you doing today? I'm good. Hey, let me ask you, uh, do my two East Coast four-stroke championships, one of the years going undefeated with Kelly Smith, do they equal yeah. one national title that you have? No. Okay. Um, I can't take this James Stewart. I can't take this James Stewart to Honda thing, Paul. I can't take it anymore. Are you Are you getting a lot of it? <laughs> yes, yes. And I love how MXA retweeted or or put a photo of the, the Photoshop. Like, really, guys? That's what you're at. You're just fake news now, MXA. That's uh, what you do. You're fake news, really? Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know they did that. They did. It's such a joke. Some fan photoshops it and they retweet it. Like, nice. A. You, you assholes never made up that yourself. Like, you didn't even do that. You took it from the internet. And B, you tweeted out like it's news. It's exactly what we don't need in this time, in this day and age. Nice job, jerk-offs at MXA. Okay. Now that I've said that, do you think Honda puts anybody on the bike? No, I don't. No. I don't think so either. I mean... No, I don't. W- maybe Sealy gets hurt? Maybe they put somebody on on one bike? You know, to show up at the races? Yeah, that's a total different situation for sure. But, I mean, at the time, I don't think they, like, uh, you know, like you've said in the past, um, they don't have a sponsor to, to satisfy. You know, yep. they're an in-house effort, and um, I think they're going to put all their focus in the 14 bike. Let me ask you this. So, they use Renthal, your competitor, right? They use uh, yep. Throttle Jockey for graphics and, yep. and, and, and Renthal. And the team suppliers like that, Paul, do they, do the teams pay even though one rider is gone? Like, is that a flat amount um, to teams, or how does that work? Like, if Honda if Honda doesn't go racing, if Sealy gets hurt and they don't go racing, do they still collect yeah. money? Well, how, I, don't, I can't speak to Throttle Jockey and Rental. I don't huh. know how their contracts are written, but yeah. in all of my contracts, yes, I have an injury clause, basically, that's in there oh, okay. to prevent. Um, so basically, you know, I'll use Husky as an example. They always have to have two riders out of the truck at all times. Um, they can go three races without having two riders, but if they come up to that fourth race and still only have one rider, oh. um, we we begin to dock their pay. See, I didn't uh, think that, that was is, I didn't think that was for hard parts. I thought like a big energy like energy drink, yes, but I didn't think for the smaller guys either, like hard parts and and you know whatever well, else. I mean, yeah. We're still paying them thousands and thousands of dollars. We're still paying them a lot of money. And um, I think the reason we started doing this in contracts is way before my time. But yeah. oftentimes, you know, you'd have some efforts that if one or two of your guys get hurt, the truck wouldn't even go to the races. It wouldn't even have a presence. And yep. you're just throwing your money in the garbage each week because you don't have anybody, you know, at the races each weekend. Nowhere to bring fans, nowhere to bring dealers to show them, you know, semis. or Okay. And yeah, yeah, it makes sense. You, you know, right. you're not getting any any worth for your money. So, yeah, there is... In all pro taper contracts, there is a clause that they have to have bikes on the track, um, but it's not a stringent clause. I'd say like most of the energy drinks have, where they're like, "Hey, you got to replace the guy ASAP." Yeah, you, we- yeah, like they're not going to replace a guy because of pro taper contract, but everybody's contract altogether, they will do that. If pro taper and energy drink and uh, you know whatever somebody else, you know, they'll be like, "Oh, okay, some another paying sponsor," you know. Um, 
So interesting. Yeah. I don't yeah, I don't see why they would put somebody on the bike, you know? Um they just there's no reason to. I, I guess I would think maybe outdoors they would. Would would they put Norn on the bike? I mean Norn doesn't really have anything for outdoors. And so uh why not why not put him on uh, on outdoors? I think we lost Paul. We're gonna get him back. So Supercross is done, you know, so why not just put somebody on the bike outdoors and uh and be done with it and there you go. I mean Start a series fresh, and it is, um, it is, you know, a guy like Freddie Norn is really fast outdoors. Paul, welcome back. I was just saying, like, I could see Norn on the bike for outdoors, um, because they've helped him before, and he's really fast. Yeah, maybe, and and I think part of the reason with Norn is he helps them develop some different things. Um, so so maybe, but um, to go back to your original question, yeah, I don't, I just don't think any they're going to put anybody on King's bike anytime soon. What a blow for the series, huh? Like, what a complete disaster for Honda, for the series, for everybody but KTM and Ryan Dungey. It's it's awful. I mean, I don't I don't think it's good for anybody. Um, I mean, ticket sales, fans, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously anybody associated with Ken Roxon, it sucks. Um, anybody not associated with Ken Roxon, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Dungey's going to have to deal with the whole, well, you wouldn't, you know, if he wins, then Kenny wasn't there talk, which isn't fair to him either. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So it sucks. Nobody wins at all. So. Yeah. No, it's 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 a bad deal. Uh, all things Dean Wilson is uh, is where your specialty lays. Uh, what do we know about <laughs> Dean going east? Is It looks like, to me, I've heard he's going to put the bike on a truck and figure it out. I I would hope so. I know that is his goal to race every race this season because he's never completed a 450 season. But at the time still, I don't know that he has a plan. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I know he is probably looking around. At, I would I would think he's starting to look around to figure out how that works and probably trying to find some some people or some sponsors that will help support him for the cost it takes to do that because now you need, a, you need to hire a mechanic, you need to get flights every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows? It's a big expense to go do it, and I just don't know if he has a concrete plan at the moment. He's been good, been steady. He's been getting, like, steady, better, you know? I think it's been yeah, okay. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's that's all you need out of him at the moment. Like, um, he finally got past the the two race kind of curse that he had in Supercross, <laughs> and, he, and right. so I mean, I I would just love to see him finish the season. And and I've told Dean this before. I've told other people that have listened before. I still believe in him, and I still think one day he's going to be a winner again. But I mean, it's he's had so many years of consistent injuries that it's going to take some time. It's not going to take three races to get back to where he was. It's going to take maybe a year or two of being healthy and being at the races. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, I, I can relate a little bit to Tim Ferry. Obviously uh, everything I, in my life relates to Tim Ferry, but uh, red dog losses factory Yamaha ride, broken wrist, three surgeries. Couldn't really figure figure it out. Uh, losses factory ride, went to motor triple X, didn't even qualify at the Anaheim one, uh, had some shitty finishes, hurt his knee, missed the three nationals. Caught fire, got back factory ride, had like a second career, and there's no, and he was older than Dean than that, so no reason it can't happen. Larry Ward, same deal. Larry went like yeah, three yeah. years without a factory ride, you know. So yeah, that's a great analogy. I think it can definitely happen for Dean. It's just, um, you know, there's there's a lot of short term memories in this sport, but but beyond that, Dean didn't um, Dean didn't earn a ride for for 2017. Unfortunately, he just went hurt too much, and the results weren't good enough. So. 
But um, but I think he can get back there. He can do what Timmy did, and I think he will once again be a factory guy, and I think he's going to be a podium. I think he will reach the podium in a 450 race um, in the future. I just I, He's too good, too talented, and too driven to not do it. Right. Uh, JGR Suzuki, we know Barsha got hurt. Jake Weimer got on the bike. He was scheduled for four races, and the fourth one is this weekend. What do we know about him going on? Do we know if he'll get another week, two weeks, three weeks on the bike? Yeah, um, Actually, I was I talked to J-Bone a little bit on the weekend about some other stuff, and he had mentioned that he thinks Barsha will be back by uh, by Dallas. So I would, I you know, that would mean that um, Jake will be at Oakland. I know Jake Jake was told he should buy a flight to go to Oakland, so I okay. would say he's there. And then and then I think it's a question mark from there. I would say maybe, I mean, I would think there's still a possibility Jake races Oakland. I'm sorry, Jake races Dallas, Dallas. even. Wow. Maybe Barsha's not ready. So who, who knows? I well, don't know that Barsha's began riding even. So Well, and then if you put, uh, look at Bogle, uh, Bogle's out for this weekend, I believe. Have you heard that? Yeah, Bogle is out for the weekend, right, but I so, think he'll be back at Oakland. Oh, okay. So I was going to say, depending on that injury, maybe Jake jumps back to RCH, you know? Possibly, uh, yeah. possibly. Honestly, I ran this by Weimer, and he was fine with it. I said that Feld should pay Weimer like hundred grand, and he's literally a fill-in. For any team, any size bike, <laughs> like just here, you can have Weimer. Take him. There you go. Put a bike on the idea. track. He said he was down with that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's like, and and that was a theory I had with Jake, or when we were talking in the off season of what they could do to the sport to make things better. And and obviously, you want to have the best lineup of guys on the track each weekend to make for a better show. And and it would be cool if Feld had some kind of a points fund or something where they paid maybe the people that got in the top 10 the previous year, they paid them some start money that would take some pressure off teams to pay a rider and a rider would already have some start money to show up. So, you know, making a privateer effort would be more of a, of a better business kind of move than, than it was for Jake to do it as a privateer this year. So wouldn't it be great if Feld actually did anything? To help the teams, it would riders? be great. I, yeah, you and I have talked about this a lot. It would just be great to see some changes because um, I bet you they're kicking themselves right now that they let the um, kind of the the pushbacks that they got from certain people within the industry about the chase. I bet you they're really pissed about it now because yep. they just they're losing money daily because of the loss of Ken Roxon. Yeah, there's no excitement anymore. So yep. if we had a chase, we'd have we wouldn't know who's going to win the right. championship still. But now it's um, we still don't know, but. Not only not, not only do they not help out as much as I feel they should, if you have an outside sponsor on your team, there's a good chance that that outside sponsor gets a call from someone at Feld and says, hey, come on, sponsor the series. Don't worry about that team. Sponsor the series. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, yeah. Teams that love that. So, yeah. Anyways, I could get going for an hour on that. Um, hey, look, you and I have both been factory – factory mechanics on you know high pressure high big big deal teams uh with all the eyes on you this has got to be and i touched this on our fantasy pod last night the nfab fantasy pod uh um what there's got to be some serious meetings going on at kawasaki right now buddy like tomac and 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 to me and i wrote this week one the worst thing you can do is go and switch your clamps and your forks and 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 reassess your whole program and and freak out and but it sounds like that's kind of what the Cowboy guys have been doing to try to make uh eli better slash happy um what 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 do you think? What what advice would you have for Eli and Cowie and everything else if it was your rider that was struggling like this? Man, I, I don't know. That's so tough. Um, 
you're already three races in and none of the three races have gone to plan. I didn't, I know they made some changes to the bike for, you know, notice noticeably. I just saw the triple clamps were different on the bike at Anaheim three and, and nothing seemed to work, but he was fastest in practice. So, um, I, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's so hard to say because it, Pro Circuit, when we had this happen, we would test like crazy and try to do a bunch of things. It's almost like you're not testing to change the bike. You're testing to change your rider's mindset going into the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a lot of what the big thing is. Is it's I think it's worse almost. I shouldn't say it's worse because, you know, what you just said I agree with. But if you don't do anything, the, the effort's not there. You're not trying. Yeah, I'm sure is trying yep. everything they can. So I think the main point of all that testing is – is yeah to try to get the bike better, but to change your rider's mindset going into the weekend. To ha- so he has something in his head like, "Hey, we found something this weekend. Right. This week, I'm better. I'm going to turn it around." But uh, but at the end of the day, man, the rider just needs to execute. And um, Tomac's not at the moment, and so maybe there's something going on we don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, dude, it's not good. But, uh, it's not good. No, it's not. It's not good. No. Um, yeah, I wouldn't even be surprised in a situation like that. And uh, you take a set of four. You set set a forks put on B forks, go testing, then put on the A forks and tell them it's the C forks. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. anything to get the rider thinking, oh, man, these are so much better. That's happened. I'm sure that's happened. Oh yeah, I'm sure it happens a lot, and and like I said, I go back to you're trying to, you're trying to sw- get all this negative stuff out of the rider's head, the past results out of their head. Look at it as Glendale's round one, and mm-hmm. you got to turn it around. You know, talk about the Ken Rocks and thing like, hey, anything can change at the drop of the hat. Yeah. You could get hurt on Wednesday. You got to keep your head in the game to be there at the end, and but they need to figure it out if they really want to contend. And Dungey stays healthy all year, which um, usually he he can figure out how to do that. So. That just sucks. I just want I just want to see exciting racing. Yeah. I feel like it's not going to be as exciting right now. I'm with you. Let's get some phone calls here going on. Uh, thankfully, none of them are about Stu. Uh, Rob, what's going on? You want to talk about Roxon's injury and his recovery? Yeah. Hey, how's it going, Steve? Good, man. What's up? Yeah, I was just super impressed by seeing Roxon on his exercise bike literally right after his surgery. Yeah. And uh, he's doing everything he's got to do to try to – make sure he's at round one hang down yeah i think that's cool that's what they're doing now man like these guys even after acl surgeries uh rob they are they are doing light spinning like two days after acl surgeries so yeah it's kind of a, kind I'm of a, a new thing so long i'm a long time uh paramedic and work in the er mm-hmm. and so when i saw his injury i'm like oh geez this yeah, could be you know a career-threatening deal with the dislocations. Well, the thing, what, but, uh, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny's posting his X-rays on social media, which is awesome. But at the same time, it is bringing out all the doctors, quote unquote, out of the woodwork. <laughs> I got a few texts. I don't know if you did, Paul, about like, like this is super serious. Like he's out for this long, and I showed this to the doctor, and I showed this to a radiologist, and and I got a few of those texts and emails and stuff and all that. So it's one bad part about Kenny sharing everything with us, but. It doesn't seem yeah. good. So it's a little refreshing, though, from the typical hiding of the injuries yeah. from everybody. Yeah, Kenny. So. Kenny, not a lot of uh, f's given by Kenny Roxon. You know what I mean? Like whatever. No. Yeah. So um, I don't think we see him before a one eighteen, though, Rob. I don't think there's any way uh, we yeah. see him before that. It, so. It'd be a tough, a tough deal just to make Hangtown. But oh yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think for his career-wise, it'd be better off just waiting yep. and getting that thing fully rehabbed because, as you know, with wrist injuries, if yep. if you go too fast with it, you can end up causing some really bad damage long-term. Well, the dislocations, you stretch ligaments out, you stretch muscles and ligaments out, and that's never good, you know? 
Yeah. So, um, cool, man. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I don't. You agree with that, Paul? Like eighteen, right? And I'm one eighteen. That seems what. Uh, I I don't know. I think it's too early to say, but that would that would suck. But uh, who who knows? I, yeah. I'm not a doctor. I don't want to claim to be. So. <laughs> Did you stay at a Holiday Inn last night? No, I didn't do that either. <laughs> so I'm just uh, I'm just a fan. <laughs> uh, Travis, what's up, man? You want to talk about Cole Seeley? Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. No problem. What's up? Hey, um, I was just wondering. Um, you know, stuff Kenny's out, but um. You know, I'm wondering how you think the the mindset of the team where it's going to be focused on Feely now. Do you see now it being more centered around him to see him to further improve? What do you think, Paul? What do you think? How the, how does that work for Seely for the team and for Cole himself? Um, I mean, I, I, it's it's not a bad thing. I don't think. Uh, I, you know, I've been on teams where it's happened in the past, and just Seely's going to get more attention, more resources. Um, maybe maybe it helps him. Maybe maybe it doesn't. I don't I don't know, but. Um, everybody on that team is working for one guy now and one, and they want to try to get him to, you know, get the best results they can and try to get some wins or a win at least. So, um, yeah, they, uh, but uh, you know, the whole team will probably have a lot less work to do, but they're just going to put it all into the 14 bike now. Yeah. Should be interesting to see. I mean, I don't think Sealy doesn't strike me, Paul, as a guy that's going to feel the pressure or collapse or anything. You know what I mean? He seems pretty level-headed, pretty puts pressure on himself and that's it. And I don't think he's going to be like, Oh God, I got to win like Roxanne or anything like that. You know, all he can do is what he can do. Hey, Steve, do you, um, are you still going to stand by your, uh, your prediction of Sealy getting a win? I said a couple wins. <laughs> um, I don't know. Paul, what do you think? Like, am I, was I really off or can that still happen? You were really off entering the season. Multiple, multiple is a huge ask, but, um, he, it's not. It's definitely not out of the question that he gets a win. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I don't. I don't know. Like at the fan inside me, I'd love to see Marvin and Anderson and Dungey and uh, Reed and Seeley, and I'd love to see all these guys get wins. But mm-hmm. um, right now, I'm just gonna continue to say that it's just gonna be Marvin or, or Dungey at the moment that can that can win one of these things. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks, Travis. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate Thank it. you. Yep. Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show presented by Pro Taper and Truck Hero Paul Parabinos from Pro Taper on. We got a question about bar bends. Uh, let's let's get to it. I think you, you know a thing or two about bar bends, Parabinos. Yeah. Uh, I should. I should. Thompson, what's up, man? What's your question for Paul? Hey guys, yeah, my question for Paul is um I'm a taller rider, I'm six one and I have this bad habit, and I don't know if it's bad or not, but I roll my bars way forward so it'll corner better. And I'm just wondering if Paul um, has a specific bar bend for taller riders. It's making my elbows kind of drop. And I'm just, I, you know, I don't have the money to go out and buy five different pairs of bars to test them out. What, what would he, his advice be on, you know, a, a bar bend that he has used with taller riders, basically? Paul? Huh? Yeah, um, well, my advice is bar bends are really particular to a rider, and and me as a rider myself, I'm very particular as to as to the bend of a bend of a bar, and the height um, is really something that can be fixed a lot with a bar mount. So, I don't know what bar bend you're using at the moment, but we have multiple bends in the Pro Taper line that are taller than others. But really, I think the features that are most important to a rider are sweep. 
um, and how straight or how straight a bar is or how much it t- turns back towards you. So, um, for instance, what we did at race teams, even for a tall rider, Dean Wilson is is at least six one. I want to say six two. He didn't use a tall a tall bar by any means. He used a Renthal nine nine seven, and we have something at Pro Taper that's called a SX Race Bend that's very similar to that. It's one of our most popular bends. Um, but I would suggest to you find the bar bend that you like that you're and try to address your height with uh, with bar mounts. You know, bar mounts will raise the bar up. Um, you can still have the bar kind of I think push turning the bar forward. How you're saying um, creates the handlebar to kind of point up on the ends, and I think that can be very uncomfortable for the hands and can lead to kind of hand and arm pump. I like to have a handlebar that's flat in my hand, so you're using your whole hand um, to hold onto the bar and just try to adjust it bar mounts or you know most of the modern bikes nowadays have four or eight different options in a stock clamp whether it be flipping the mounts and going forward or different holes so what kind of what kind of bike do you have thompson um i ride a ktm 350 i'm just doing I'm, i've always stuck with just the stock bars because like i said i don't know where to even start so would would the sweep would you just go with more of a straighter bar yeah, if you're if you're taller, a straighter bar would be better. So you want to look on websites. You know, if you go to the Pro Taper website or whoever's website, you want to look for the sweep number to be less. Um, I think straighter would help for height, and then play with your bar mount position. But rolling the bars forward is probably not. <laughs> That's the worst I, thing I you could do. To do that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't suggest to do that. And you always kind of when you're when you're looking at your bike from the side, you don't really want your bar position to be in front of the forks too far because that leads a lot of times to being very um, unstable at speed or, or when you're kind of bearing down on the front of your bike. So try to address it with bar mounts, with spacers or different mounts that are taller. Um, and, uh, yeah, try to accommodate your height that way. There you go, Tom. Awesome. Um, Appreciate it. Hey, do you want a set of fly gator pegs? That would be great. All right, stay on hold. Fly racing, hard parts, of course. Uh, we'll give you a set of Gator, Gator Pays. That's what they're giving away this week. Stay on hold, man. We'll, we'll get those to you. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, Paul, you got a good point there. Like, move, move the mounts around, like you said. Like, especially KTM, there's like eight positions. Yeah, yeah, there's lots of positions. So those are – the problem is, that, you know, it's very easy to loosen up the 10-millimeter bolts and roll your bars for us to fix it. It takes a right, work to right. bar mounts. But, good point, yeah. Well, I get that. Yep. But it is the that's the correct way you want to go about it, I think. Um, Paul, looking at the track map this weekend, long start the, the length of the uh, of the stadium, and then I I played it on a MX ATV thing game, and it seemed uh, it comes back on the start, and it's long again, comes back backwards on the start. Um, you play video games? Yeah, yeah, every once in a while. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, so it was really easy too. I won. I won the fourth main event, so it seems easy. Great job. Thank you. Um, Great job. Thank you. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I like so the track. Looking at the track and everything else, um, another long start. And our buddy Dan Truman brought this up. Jason Anderson at the long start, the Monster Cup did well, and I think Anderson's going to be a bit. I don't want to say ashamed. Oh, well, yeah, I don't want to say ashamed, but a bit motivated to to show everybody this weekend. Like I'm sure he's not pumped. I'm sure Rockstar Husky, no one's pumped on that. And so I like Anderson to do well this weekend. I don't know if he's going to win, but I definitely like Anderson to do pretty well. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, kind of uh, – I don't know if the long start is, is what's going to be the difference. I think the dirt will be the difference. I think what happened last week will be the difference. Um, so he'll kind of be a little salty, I think. And, and I think this is one of the closer races to kind of where he grew up. So I'm sure he'll have friends and family there more so than he has at other places that he wants to perform in front of. So mm-hmm. I would love to see him on the podium. I mean, he's he's kind of Pro Taper's premier guy. So I want to see him win a race. Um, yep. 
but uh, we'll we'll see. So I I think that track last year produced some pretty good racing. Mm-hmm. We had a long lap time. I don't think it'll be as long this year. They're not going outside, but um, uh, really cool stadium. It looks like I've never been there. But um, I just I hope we see some exciting racing. So I, what was weird I I noticed in the 250 class uh-huh. is a lot of the people that raced there last year aren't racing the class this year at all. Like the top eight aren't even there. There's only six guys that were in the main event last year that are oh wow that are in that are that. going to be racing sure. in Glendale. So should be a lot of new yeah Craig and new Savace, learning going on. Craig Savachi on the east and Webb's graduated and um, whatever else Nichols yeah. is hurt and yeah. uh, Oldenburg's hurt and right. Um, yeah, it should be interesting to to see how it goes. It, I, I wish they did go outside the stadium. I really liked that last year. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's cool, too. I think it's just kind of some flair and something different. Right. It's cool. Uh, Paul Perabinos from ProTaper, ProTaper.com, Geico Honda, Rockstar Husky using them, Fly Racing, FlyRacing.com, Weston Pike, Trey Kennard, I think, is going to try to come back. He's a fly racing rider. I think Kennard will be uh, trying to come back this weekend, it looks like. And, of course, uh, Baggett and Millsaps, who are both doing pretty well. Baggett, Millsaps, and Pike, three fly guys, Paul, kind of right under the radar of guys that are, you know, doing well, showing speed. Yeah, good for them, too. Yeah, that's that's cool. I think Pike's been the most impressive for sure. He's, um, yeah. Obviously, he gets along better with Suzuki than he did on Yamaha. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I'll call, I'll call it that. Maybe it's, maybe it's pro taper handlebars is just put him over the top. I don't know. Um, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, he's riding awesome. So that's cool to see. And he's improved every weekend. So I'm sure in his head, he's like, all right, well, this weekend I'm going to try to get near the podium. He, I asked him about the difference between the bikes. I asked him, uh, when I was recording an interview and then I've asked him when I shut the recorder off and he kind of, he didn't really change interview, change answers, but he said the Yamaha's window for setup was very fine. Like it was great. Or it was way off, and it would kick you or do whatever. Um, the Suzuki he says it's just really predictable every time. You, you, the setup doesn't change from uh, track and dirt condition. So interesting. Yeah, and too. I, th- yeah. I think we learned a little bit about that. Um, I mean, it was an older generation Yamaha, but from James Stewart, it seems like that bike's a great bike for a, a wide range of so. I mean, it's so successful in amateur racing. If you look at kind of um, you know charts of of brand participation at amateur races yamaha's the leader um but uh but i think at a professional level the 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 speed that these guys go i Mm -hmm. I don't i think it's tougher to get the yamaha to work perfect and when you get out of shape i think you can get away from you quicker yeah um than maybe some of the other bikes can so uh, i mean uh, who who are we to argue with him it sounds like he's correct and obviously he's showing that he's correct with his results and the suzuki's an older older platform that made some frame changes and things like that but it's just something that just works consistent every 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 which way um let's get to brian brian what's going on you got a question about eli tomac hey good afternoon boys what's happening so uh not a heck of a lot talking to you guys which is awesome um so I know this will be like this will sound like blasphemy, but and because it involves John Tomac. But here's what I wonder: um, you know, with with the disappointment with Eli, unfortunately, um, and with what happened last year in outdoors, I wonder if there's a possibility that he might have focused so much and worked so hard this off season on sprinting because he saw what Kenny did last year, just sprinting away from him every race except for Southwick and uh, Muddy Creek that he may have lost some of that endurance that that's so famous with the Tomax. I wonder if that's a possibility or is that just looking so much into it or I'm not sure. I think that's looking way into it, but what do you think, Paul? Yeah. Um, I, I think there's, there's um, some merit behind that argument for sure. I think, um, I, I, I think what, what we saw to Eli Tomac at Anaheim one showed what he was working on. He got two great starts, mm-hmm. but the, the problem is, is you're, you're, 
Eli Tomac for the his entire life hasn't been a great starter. So the the pace and the kind of the way the race plays out to him or the way it goes, it, it's different to him when you're in the when you're in the front. It's very different. You're there's people kind of dive bombing you every which way, and he's typically the guy in the back that's always going forward. So I think it's different for him to learn. Um, I don't think it should be as tough to learn as or, or as tough to execute as kind of what we're seeing. I, like I said, I, maybe there's something more going on there, but. Um, you know, I think the, maybe that is what they did, but, and focus more on sprint speed, but, uh, man, I, I, I don't know. I wish I had a better answer for you or, or a better answer for Eli. I, I, I who, you know, who knows, but well, th- this I week, just would like to see him contending. This past weekend, he came around the turn like in second or third. And, and that's what I mean. It went yeah. backwards. And it's something that I've seen firsthand with, with Blake Baggett, when I worked for him, he was—he's typically never been a great starter. And at Hangtown, the first outdoor we went together, he pulled the whole shot, and he went backwards for a while. I mean, he still—he got second in the moto, but he went back to fifth for a while. And, yeah, yeah. and I know as a racer, it's very different. Um, you know, I've always been a pretty good starter, so I've, I've always been really good on opening laps. But some people just can't do it, and it doesn't seem like anything you can learn or teach. There's just people that get good starts and people that don't. Or you and know, when those people that don't get good starts get them, they don't know how to. And the flip side, and the flip laps. side is Michael Essie, who's whole shot everything in his whole life. He doesn't ride very well, like in traffic and and coming up, because he doesn't really know how to, you know. And exactly, or it's yeah. Crazy. exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. Thanks, yeah. Brian. Thanks for the call, man. Yeah. yeah have you got some one more quick thing? Yeah. Um, so the and this will drive you crazy. Um, results don't always pay the bills. Danica Patrick races NASCAR. Yep. That's the only reason Stu would go to Honda. That's the only reason Stu could go to Honda. No, no, stop it. Stop it. Stop it, bro. <laughs> stop it. I know. All right. Thanks, man. See you, buddy. See you. I just, I don't see, I, I don't understand this James Stewart talk. Like, this isn't James either. Stewart from two years ago or three years ago from 2014, mm-hmm. you know? It's not, yeah. So. I mean, I, I agree that he, he'll have an autograph line for sure. But that's going to be more beneficial to ride 365 and his and you know the semi that his brother's out of than yeah. will be to Honda. Yeah. What? Real quickly before we let you go, Paul, what did you make of Mookie's debut? Um, I thought it was. Uh, I I I think it was two two things. It was more impressive than I thought. He had, he showed more flash than what I thought. I thought yep. he would be flashy, but uh, yeah. second in heat race is really impressive. He right. was impressive in practice, but then the kind of the. Uh, the dwindling effect of his race, I didn't think it would be that bad. I thought he would be able to stay in the top 15 or so. I know he had a crash, but, um, yeah, just uh, the the long race fitness that it takes to do 20 minutes plus one, um, he's going to have to work into that. He so, looked, but I think he'll get there, but it's going to take four or five rounds probably. He looked really tired. He really did. And more, yeah, and, he was probably f- faster than I thought and then got more tired than I thought. So Yeah, and that's a product of, of – you know, so much uncertainty. Like, you know, I talk about this to Jake all the time, and Jake was getting up and training during the off season with no idea why or if he was going to race. It's yeah. very hard. So I would imagine it's very hard for Malcolm to, like, train and do laps when he doesn't even know if he's going to be lining up. That's so hard. Yeah. That's like going to work and not getting a paycheck. <laughs> right, so, um, right. Yeah, imagine every day you worked, you, you got up early and, and drove the Ortega and then, had no, and then just went to Starbucks instead. Because you had no place, yeah, you had no yeah. job, right? <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul. Thank you for everything. Protaper.com. Please check them out. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you this weekend at the race, man. All right. Have fun. All right, thanks. See you, Paul Parabino from Protaper Moto Sixty Show, presented by Fly or Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show, presented by Truck Hero and Protaper.com. And NFAP Undercover Bedrock Husky Liners Back Industries, all under the 
Truck Hero umbrella, truck-hero.com. From the inside of the vehicle to the outside, Truck Hero, truck Hero has you covered, uh, parent company of NFAB. Please check them out, truck-hero.com. And Fly Racing, the fly wall. You want to get on a website? You want to wear some fly gear and get a cool photo? They love to share their photos with their fans at Fly. Uh, go to the fly, flyracing.com and uh, look for the flywall in the upper right of the homepage. Choose post a pic, upload a favorite photo of yourself, just shredding. Tits would have one on his mountain bike, uh, cruising down some rocks. And uh, if approved, your photo will show up on the flywall. It's as simple as that. Uh, Glendale Supercross coming up um, this weekend. We got some Vince Freeze people on hold. It could get ugly with our next guest and, and then everybody else. JT, welcome. What's up, man? What's happening? Vince Freeze calls. Do you want to take them, or do you want to just hang up on these people, or do you, how do you feel oh, about it? I don't them? care. Whatever. Um, let's get this. Before we ask you, JT, about the track and everything, let's, get, let's, let's knock down some of these calls. What's up, Chris? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. What's going on? Good, good. Uh, I just got a question for you for once. Okay. Back in your Yamaha days, did you ever keep that, um, that spoke torque wrench? The spoke torque wrench. Uh... Yeah, I know. One of your old shows I was listening to a couple weeks ago, you said that you had stolen one yeah. <laughs> before you left. Yeah, I think I have it somewhere. Yeah, I think I have it somewhere. Uh, it only fits like factory spokes, though, so I don't think it really works unless you have the factory spoke nipples that we used. So uh, it's probably still around, though, man. Okay, okay. And uh, about the nets. I've been leaving Prater, you know, like a whole bunch of voicemails and stuff. <laughs> I well, he's probably stoked on that. Yeah, I doubt he'll even get to him, but you know something has to um, something has to happen because this is getting out of hand with bikes hitting people and going in the stands and stuff. Something has to happen. I hear you, bro. It's called nets. Make it happen. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess I'll see you guys in the land. Uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Cool. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. Appreciate it. He's been leaving Prater messages, JT. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. It's a bad idea. Why is that a bad idea? It's a great idea. Leaving him tons of messages? Yeah, about the Nets. Maybe eventually. No, that's he, a terrible idea. Maybe he breaks down eventually. That's um, a good way to get banned from Supercross. <laughs> Jeremy, what's up? You got an idea for a chase format? Yeah, dude. Go ahead. Um, I was thinking, uh, since everyone was saying since the points are going to reset, that nobody's going to care about the racing before the point reset. So I was thinking maybe taking everybody that finishes them in the top five and giving them one point, and then you would take six through ten, give them two points or so, whatever, however they want to break down points, and then go from the for the chase. Do if you win, you get one point. If you get second, you get two points, and then at the end of the chase, see who has the less amount of points, and that would be your winner. Um, sure, whatever, yeah, change something. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah, um. You know, whatever they want to do, fine with me. I, I'm for a chase. I've said I'm for a chase. I hope they do a chase. And and now yeah, I was Rock- completely against it when I first heard it, but then I kind of started because I agreed. I mean, no one's going to care about the racing before. I mean, not that no one's going to care, you know what I mean? But Yeah, like, I know. Relatively speaking, I got it, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Cool. Thanks for the call. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, why not, JT? I bet you Feld wishes they had a chase right now, right about now with uh, the 94 on the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. That's a tough fight. I think their teams are going to still fight it for as long as they can. Uh, Kyle, what's up? You got a question for JT? Yeah, I just want to let JT know I appreciate the fly gear and the support of Pulp. I'm slowly converting my family as my budget allows over to fly gear. Oh, sweet. But no, in regard to um, with Vince Freese, I wanted to get your guys' uh, 
idea on should the mechanic have been penalized because obviously from my vantage point it looked like he did push Jason Anderson in such a way that he went down so he'd be also guilty of engaging in physical contacts which uh, you know no the no I mean Anderson went after him first and mechanic was defending his his buddy Vince uh no I don't think so JT do you think there was cause for anything there uh you definitely need to be talked to if they're going to disqualify Anderson for making contact. They can't just be like, "Oh, you're good." Like I don't know that they're going to do anything to him, but right. probably tell him, "Like, hey, dude, you probably need to keep your hands to yourself, or you're going to get something happen to you too." Right. You know? Okay. Yeah. Well, if that were the case, I'm thinking if I'm a pro rider, I'm getting Chuck Norris as a mechanic. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> do something like a, yeah. like a ninja. I mean, move. they are subject to they are subject to getting fined and in trouble. I just don't know. That they were going to do anything in that scenario, but I think they, I think it would be best to tell him like, hey, you might want to stay out of it. Yeah, thanks, Kyle. Appreciate it, man. Good day. All right, good. thank you, Jason. You got more Vince Freeze talk. Uh, what's going on? Welcome to the Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show. Hey guys, what's going on? What's up? All right, Steve. I was listening to the folks show the other night and their review, and when you were doing your analogy of ping stealing or rubbing an ice cream store or yeah, it was, whatever. Yeah, it wasn't a great analogy. About. I'll give you that. You know, it wasn't but, my favorite moment, but, but... Let me... And I think JT will, will agree with this. Um, let's say, like, JT has a friend and he's kind of starting to hang around with you all at the races and seems like a pretty good guy, but you know, he's been in trouble before with stealing stuff. Okay, theft. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you would say, tell JT, yeah, he seems like a good guy, but the first time he steals something of mine, I'm whipping his ass. And, and I kind of think maybe Anderson and all the guys in the pits are like, yeah, that's how Freeze rides. And the first time he hits me, I'm whipping his ass. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And I think that, uh, that and that's kind of – went to the point of where I th- he just no one has any patience for it anymore at this point. Whether right. it's happened to them or not, right. they've seen it happen to enough other people where wow. uh, any benefit of the doubt or any um, tolerance is, is gone. They just I'm, don't have right. it. I'm, glad, I'm glad Jason Anderson is there to protect everybody and stand up for everybody like some sort of superhero. <laughs> Well, he's no, I mean, himself. maybe just anybody, himself. you know, whether it's, I mean, you might hear Reed say that. But he gets close to me. If he does me like that, I'm putting him in the seat. You know, I mean. How do you, uh, all right. Mathis, how do you feel about how Brayton, uh, Brayton's take on it? Yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah, I, you know, whatever. Sure, he took care of it on the track in, in a legal way. So there you go. He didn't He didn't throw punches. No, you no, I want you to right, back. Y'all and have freeze a good day. You. So, all right, thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. What's that, JT? Sorry. Uh, you were, you've were you been backing Vince so hard. I just wondered how you felt about Brayton, you know, uh, his comments to us uh, privately and him having to handle his own teammate in a way that um, required some, some force. Yeah, I mean, look, he felt like he felt that way that Vince was cross-jumping him and he made an aggressive pass, and that's racing. So that's whatever. Yeah, I mean, you know, if – if Anderson did just if Anderson had braked, let you know dove underneath Freeze even more, or gone on the outside of Freeze, you know, and then and then went by him and 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 did that in a legal block pass way, then great, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just 
I don't understand why you know he, Vince deserves to get punched repeatedly for that move. That, okay. That's well, what I've always I, said. If, if he had done this to you a few times, I bet you would change your tune. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, it's my comments. My my comments back to to Justin were unless you've raced against him, you just you simply don't understand, and that's the right. only way. Well, can, he's such a I terror can. that the AMA has done nothing. Besides, put him on probation. No, they have. They've suspended him before, and they fined him. Right. Well, so you say that they've done nothing. That's well, that's a complete lie. That's they that's put him on probation. Wrong. I mean, I mean that's an that is an absolute false statement you made. They've done nothing in this incident. Uh, Danny, what's up? You got a question about Mike Webb? Yeah, I'm just curious to see what he's up to now that uh, RCH is kind of taking yeah, over. Yeah, uh, you know what? I'm not sure. I, I should reach out. I have I have touched with him, touched base with him on um, uh, on text message here and there, and uh, he got a KTM, and I and I, I talked to him about that a little bit. I don't know what he's doing. Let me. I'm going to ask him though. That's it reminded me to, to see what he's up to. Uh, he was trying to get an industry job. I don't know if he did or not though. Uh, Danny, I'll have to um, I'll have to ask him. So. All right. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, man. Stay tuned. Yeah, thanks. I'm going to ask Mike Webb. I like Mike Webb, one of the good dudes uh, in the sport for sure. Uh, all right, Jason Thomas from Fly Racing, uh, flyracing.com here. Um, JT, any Paul and I touched on this. I, I don't see Honda filling that spot of Kenny. Do you? I, I did initially. I thought they would. But as the days have gone on and we haven't heard anything, mm-hmm. I don't now. Um, I just I, We literally haven't even heard any rumors since it's happened um and that, that stuff usually doesn't stay quiet for very long right because there would be testing going on and you that stuff just doesn't stay quiet so at this point I, I don't see them making a move at all yeah i mean they have no energy drink guy to um to satisfy you know now right. brayton was saying there was some talk brayton told me there was some talk of him going there in case of injury but i don't think it was locked in stone or anything and maybe well and, and that's what i Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Um, but yeah, I, I we've talked about that, and you would have heard something moving forward from that this week. I think you know. Yeah. Um, so I, that's the key thing is once the injury happened, once they everybody went back to work Monday, Tuesday, and kind of you know got their basically you know got over the situation and tried to move forward. You still haven't heard anything, and um, that just that's just not how it happens. Things start moving pretty quickly, and you hear you know mm-hmm. riders moving around and mechanics looking for you know different deals and all kinds of stuff, and none of that's really going on. So, um, you looked at the track map for this weekend in Glendale. I did. Uh, I lo- I played it last night on the video game MX versus ATV. Seemed really easy. How, yeah. How you, how you feeling out there? Yeah, good. I won the main event. It was easy. Oh, uh, nice. I I came down the wire with Dean Wilson, but I beat him. Um, he was on a KTM for some strange reason. Couldn't figure it out. Okay, so fast track, right? You 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 go long start straight. You double mm-hmm. back onto the start straight and come down. Um, you go over under all the way around, like what we saw at Anaheim uh, two. What's your thoughts yep. on it? Uh, I think there's going to be some some opportunities to put some big rhythm sections together, mm-hmm. uh, which we we really haven't seen because of the weather so far this year. Uh, just it's been three weekends where rain's been a factor. And the transitions have been soft, and they built the jumps really weird because they've had to build them in a hurry and then get get the track covered. So to me, this is going to be the first weekend where we're dealing with just a standard supercross of how they intended it on the track map to be. Uh, so on the track map, there's a couple rhythm sections where there are some big options, and it you know it always depends on how they build the jumps and and the angles. But I saw some stuff where guys could could quad through some stuff and and put some really big stuff together. So I'm excited to see some guys on tracks that they can actually uh, open up yeah. their talent and get creative. Yeah, if you think about it, we just haven't seen it through three rounds. Just been too wet, too sloppy, too shitty. 
Uh, yeah, just the we- yeah. the weather's kind of shut all that down. Right. So this weekend we might actually see like a real Supercross for the first time all year and maybe some guys, yeah, with perfect traction and perfect jump faces and everything else uh, really stretch things out. Yeah, I hope uh, I hope they can get some moisture in the dirt. And I don't know how the weather's been in Phoenix per se, uh, but, you know, these these Phoenix tracks are typically pretty pretty dry and hard mm-hmm. uh even last year i you know i was hoping they would get it decent and it was it was hard and slippery and dry and yeah typical phoenix so um i hope they can sort that out i know it's a, a big ask to get moisture into that dirt but i just think it, it hurts the racing when it's rock hard and you basically have to go out to the berm every time to get your bike turned and stuff so uh from the miracles i've seen them pull off over the last three weeks i'm uh, i'm pretty confident they get the dirt into a, a decent shape switching to 250 class uh justin hill shane mcarath aaron plessinger i think the title's coming from one of those three and that's not earth shattering uh prediction um what's happened to jmart though like what's this is year four of supercross i believe and yeah he's got three wins i think in four years for whatever reason he has a really tough time just putting it all together in these main events and i don't know if it's mental i mean we've seen it year after year you know he missed main events two years in a row when he was a star when he was going in as like a legitimate title threat um the one year he missed both both of the first two rounds he missed the main event two in a row um so i I don't know i don't know if it's mental he certainly knows how to ride supercross i mean we see him set the fast time uh, near the top of the yeah near the top of the board and lap times and winning heat races and doing all kinds of good stuff at times it just seems like he he can't find the consistency and i really think above all else his lack of consistency and ability to get a start time after time, it really kills him in Supercross because outdoors he has 35 minutes and there's a lot more room and a lot more margin for error to get through the pack. And, and if you get a bad start in outdoors, you you know, as fast as J-Mart is, he can make up 10 spots on the first lap of an outdoor race. Where Supercross, if he starts 12th, the leaders are gone, you know, and it it opens up your chances for first-turn crashes. You put yourself in spots where, you know, you're around guys that are nowhere near as talented as you and making poor decisions at times. Uh, and just, just like last weekend, you get into those first-turn crashes that if you're at the front, none of that stuff happens. So I don't really think it's the riding. I think it's just a continuance of the same thing he's done over the last few years is putting himself putting himself in a bad spot early in the race. So who do you like out of Hill, Plessinger, and McElrath? Man, that's that's a good question. Um, <laughs> there's, I, there's there are three different types of riders. Three yeah. different types of results can be expected from these guys. I like uh, I like McElrath for this weekend. Yeah, I think his style of riding uh, suits Phoenix really well. I don't think it really is Plessinger's forte. Um, he'll still be good. I, I still have him on the podium. Yep. But I think uh, I think it'll be between uh, Hill and, and McElrath this weekend, and I'm going to lean towards McElrath simply because his starts have been more consistent. And what about for the title? I'm going to go with Hill for the title. I think he gained a lot of momentum mm-hmm. uh, with that win last week. I just think McElrath's going to going to stand up this weekend. I think he'll get the start, and I think he he this kind of slipperier dirt suits him a little bit better. Uh, but as we go back into Oakland and we go into these rounds where um, the dirt won't be yeah. a guarantee, yeah. like a Seattle, a Salt Lake. Um, you know, I just think uh, I think even Plessinger has a chance because I think we're going to get inclement weather at one of these. We've been dodging bullets 
But uh, we still have a few races here where anything can happen, and uh, that that's going to play in a passenger's hand, I think, before we're done with this this series. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. I I think Hill's a guy that thro- is a little bit of a of a for lack of a better term, a mental midget, where ups and downs are big with him. Um, mm-hmm. Confidence is huge, you know, and, and now he's got it. So if he can hang on to that, he can really use yeah. his – because he's got skill. He's got a lot of skill. He does. Yeah. He does. So I think I think for Hill, he's got to avoid that big crash. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's bit him time after time. You know, he – even last year, he was a points leader and had a big crash at Detroit, yeah. and it knocked him out of the series. So that's what's going to be, you know, I think on the forefront of everyone's mind. Uh, just almost, you know, not so different than than Kenny Roxon. You know, he may be the fastest guy in the class, but he has a propensity to have that big mistake that costs him. Absolutely. Let's get to the phone calls here. First up is Roger. Roger, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Yeah, thanks for the call. Things first. First, first off, would be uh, may have some sort of solution for Travis's app a little bit. Um, I have I've had the issue on my iPhone with playing the apps not working. Mm-hmm. If you go to the bottom of the app and play the previous podcast that you were listening to then go to whatever app you want to listen to and click play it seems to work just fine for me okay but if i start on pause and then try to play it doesn't do anything all right so just a tip for that yeah thank you and um what's your uh opinion on the snow bike race at x games dude i see your question from tits here i had no idea there was snow bike racing at x games that sounds cool i think those snow bikes are cool i have no idea who's in it what's going on uh names i noticed you got um axel hodges ronnie feist ronnie renner um so not a free st- big names it's, it's, oh, it's some hackers free, in it it's a freestyle thing or it's a race it's like a snowmobile motocross race okay that's awesome I think those snow bikes are really cool. I don't know, JT, you ever seen these things? Ever seen videos of them? I've seen them, but I don't know much about the, the race yeah. going on. Um, they're really neat, and so that's awesome. I'll have to uh, uh, take a, t- check it out, Roger. It actually sounds like something that could be interesting to watch. I believe so. it's playing tomorrow. Okay. All right. Anyway, yeah. I'll let you guys go. No, awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. That could be like something where some uh, motocrossers and supercrossers get into it down the line, JT. You know? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it's a nice uh, transition. It, it, hopefully, it'll hopefully it'll create some more opportunities for guys that you know, uh, kind of like arena cross when yeah. or freestyle as well. Freestyle and arena cross were basically guys that weren't making it in supercross and weren't making enough money and had to find something else. So now, are they wearing that opportunity? Are they wearing moto gear? Or are they wearing snow gear? Well, I think they're wearing snow gear, but it's not too much different than like a heavyweight off road gear. Well, Just fly warmer. racing makes it. We do. Yeah. It's like snow cross gear. I mean, that's you know, right. basically the same thing. Um, Josh has got a question about Barsha. What's up, Josh? How are you? Hey, how you doing, Steve? What's happening? Hey, uh, I actually uh, I have a few questions, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, first of all, I, I listen to you a lot, and obviously you're from Canada. So I I'm kind of curious, with, and, and it just kind of it just popped in my head. I wonder, I've been wanting to ask you, like, did you did you snowmobile much when you were growing up up there with being up north? Uh, no, no, I did not. Uh, I uh, we had some for sure. I uh, have spent a lot of time on snowmobiles, but not that much. Like, yeah. I guess I just contradicted I myself. Just, I, no, yeah, I, I'm in PA, weird. and we don't get a lot of snow. But when uh, we do, I, that's one of the funnest things I like. And I figured with you being growing up there, you would have been around them a lot. I'll tell you I what. When really I was uh, talk about it much. When I was like uh, probably from age like. 
10 to 14, we lived in the country. I did a lot of it. Those freaking things broke every single time we ever had them. We had a snow jet and we had a, a phaser and something else, and they broke every single time. That was my memories of snowmobiles. Um, they just broke. <laughs> yeah, but, they can, older ones can be frustrating for but sure. fresh powder, but, um, yeah, fresh powder and everything curious, else. Like, obviously, he's been struggling on that, on that Yamaha, and yeah. everyone's kind of going on and on about it. So, like, when he finally comes back on the Suzuki, I mean, I, I was on the same boat as you whenever mm-hmm. he was on Hondas. I was really thinking he was going to be the next guy. And then it's kind of fizzled out from there. But when he steps onto the Suzuki, let's say he, he does, and, and, like, if he starts killing it, what do you think that would really do for that Yamaha's image? I mean, that, that would probably really add add to it, well, wouldn't it? Like yeah. Um, yep. I don't think it would help, that's for sure. Yeah. And Pike's, okay, got, well, Pike's gotten better on the Suzuki, and there's no doubt. He told me, I talked earlier in the show about, you know, how he liked it. Um, Barsh is a huge. I mean, he didn't do good in Europe or as well in Europe as I would like, but then it wasn't a factory bike. So, you know, a huge question mark. Like, like JT, Barsha comes back. Does he run with Pike in that range right now? Depends on if he can hold on. Uh, The arm pump thing was was brutal, and we haven't seen him really perform in Supercross in a long time where he's been 100% healthy. So I've got to think he's in that battle. The Pike, Grant, Millsaps, Baggett, Reed. Okay. I've got to think he's right in there. Yeah. Uh, maybe Pike's just in front of him, but I've got to think he's right there. If if he comes back and Pike starts beating him like regularly, it's not going to go well. Uh, probably won't, but I, I can tell you this. It's going to be a tough road because Weston's riding really well and he's yep. got a lot of confidence. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I had- I had one more sure. kind of spinoff thing, and it's a little bit odd, and I doubt it. I know it would never happen, but obviously Webb's been struggling on on that on you know with moving up to the 450 class. Now, if I'm correct, can you can't they run any like they could ride a 250, couldn't they? Like yeah, if, a, if yeah. it's been done. Yep, it's been done. Noren, Freddie Noren's in him. Well, he's not riding anymore, but Freddie Noren rode the opening rounds on a 250. Are you saying put Webb on a 250? Yeah, that never, never. Not going to go well. Yeah, and, and Yamaha would be like never a PR disaster. But yeah. Um, yeah, with the bikes being so similar. I mean, do you think they could ever pull anything off where they just put them on a 250? And I mean, I mean, they to me just no. standing there, they look so no, similar. Would, you think people would notice that? Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you could hear it. You could hear First it on lap. the track. Yes, absolutely. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. but hey, same frame, exact same frame, 450, 250 Yamaha. Yeah. Uh, which is definitely a little different from on the other and OEMs. You would, would get crushed on the starts every time. Yeah. So, um, but hey, uh, Josh, he just rode great. He got fourth. Last weekend, so yeah, yeah. Um, so it's uh, just that it just doesn't seem like anyone's really proven anything on that on that 450 yet. In it, Super yeah, yeah, James this is the last guy to win on one. So 2010 was that 11, 10 or 11, whatever year that was. Uh, yeah, he was the last guy to win on one of those things. So um, yeah, you're absolutely right. There is a little bit of a question mark still with that bike, although it is improved over you know it's a first uh, version. So uh, thanks for he the call. He like man. a totally different thanks. guy this past weekend though. What's that, Webb? He looked like a totally different yeah. guy this past weekend, yeah. though. And and Reed was Reed was crazy close to to running Dungey down in San Diego last year. So I, I don't think it's you know maybe the bike is uh, not perfect for everyone, but I don't. I absolutely think people could win on it. I, do, I really do believe yeah. that. I don't think there's any any issue of Yamaha just being not good enough to win. Yeah. I, I, I firmly believe that's not the case. I I firmly believe that the web 
struggling thing is over now. I don't know. I'm not saying he's going to win this weekend or anytime soon, but I now believe that that he has that confidence, and we'll, we'll forget all about these first two races. I think. Uh, yeah, no. From here on I, out. I mean, if if you look at what you expect out of him, I mean, that's kind of what you expect. Running around fourth, fifth, sixth. I mean, yep. his third, four fifty race ever. Yeah. He's just off. You know, he was just off the pace of a guy like Cole Seely, who's a few years into this thing. So uh, that was much more of the Cooper Webb I expected to see, and maybe even a little better. Uh, so yeah, I don't. I think he'll be fine moving forward. Whatever they change, and, and I know you talked to Jimmy Perry, and, and they said it, or maybe it was Weege. Yeah, uh, I believe it was yeah. Weege. Yeah, I don't believe that for a second. Something went on there. Um, I don't know what it was, but he didn't just wake up and you know feel like a different person. Something yeah. something happened there. All right, man. Well, uh, thanks. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll see no you at Glendale this weekend. Glendale uh, Supercross Round 4. Flyracing.com. All right. Jason Thomas. Thanks, buddy. See you guys. All right. Flyracing.com. Pro Taper Truck Hero. Thanks for your calls, everybody. Thanks to uh, the guy who won the pe- foot pegs. Thompson was his name. Tits. Yep. You and that smug look over there. You're going to see my smug face this weekend, too. Oh, yeah, you're going. I'm going. I'll be there. Should I tell Dunge? Yes. Can you set up an interview? I'll go interview for Paul. You know, tell Lindsay to watch out. <laughs> oh, come on. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. I was born in the city.